0: easy for me to say good morning Garrett Lively good morning good morning Jeff Lee good morning how are you guys doing today pretty good yeah did you guys go for a quick walk this morning? Did you guys do a little, a nice little bit of healthy exercise to kick off the day? Nope, no. I've been sitting
1: in this chair playing this stupid game with you guys. Okay, that's great. Way
0: to, way to just tear down the uh, the veil. Of course, I was going to compare you guys to Samwise, Ganji, and Frodo walking up to Mount Doom. Nah, someone's got to carry me. I'm definitely Frodo. Just be totally useless on the entire I'm totally
1: journey. useless. I'm the Frodo of the group. I also have a <laughs> ring, so... Cater to me. <laughs> I'll be (laughs) Gimli. You don't even have a beard. Anyways,
0: welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that not only rolls a dice, but sometimes has to pick up little crappy cardboard rings that are uh, scattered throughout a game board. I am your first host, uh, a co-creator of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Sugarberg, and with me here, as always, is...
2: Garrett Lively. My favorite Lord of the Rings movie was
0: The Hobbit, Battle of Seven Armies.
1: And Jeff Lee. I still haven't had second lunch. (laughs) it's a good good callback.
0: If you haven't guessed, yet uh we are going to be taking a look at a lord of the rings related game here i think it's which one of the series is this garrett
2: this was the return of the king we we got to destroy the ring today
0: is that the best lord of the rings movie
2: or the worst i just told you seven armies was the best uh of the original trilogy i think this was i mean this is the one that got like what 11 academy awards or whatever was it 11
0: it was a lot. It's a it lot. the Big Ten. It yeah, got, it got it, a ton of Academy Awards. I can't remember well, exactly. Well, that's the them. Oscars. What do they know? I <laughs> all I know is that I saw Two Towers many a time in the Dollar Theater back at my house. And uh,
1: more fight scenes the better.
0: That's all Two Towers was. Is just it an was action just movie. The second act. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. You got your explosions. You got your dudes blowing up walls. It was perfect. The it first was explosions.
1: They they invented explosions in that movie. I feel like there aren't enough fantasy action movies. They all they all tend towards guns, yeah. I just there's not enough. Yeah, yeah. You need more swords and shields. Those those
0: kind of died out around like uh, mid 2000s. Your Troy, yeah. Yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. What's the one where it's the dude like beats the dude to death with a rock? Um, Gates of Heaven. I don't think I saw that one. Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, that's that's a pretty sick movie. But yeah, there's not a lot of those right now, and I don't know why. And of an era. But uh, we'll have to we'll we'll have to do something about that when eventually we uh, create a rough draft game super pack that for some <laughs> reason isn't political and is <laughs> only going after to create action movies. Or reach or out to uh, Rose Art, see if they have any props we can use. Yeah. And, and speaking of Rose Art, so I guess we should dig into who's who's behind this game. So the Lord of the Rings game, we're taking a look at the Return of the King game that was published by Rose Art and was created in 2004, designed specifically By uh, Terry Miller Associates. So taking a look at Rose Art, that name might sound familiar to you, Jeff. Does that ring a bell for any reason? Uh, Markers. Markers? Crayons? Colored pencils? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It brings this back this. the cheap ones, too. Not like, you know, the Crayola ones are good. Mm-hmm. And then the Rose Art ones where they're like, yeah, well, you get two <laughs> bucks to buy crayons. If you want to spend them all on crayons, to spend a dollar on a candy bar and the other a dollar on Rose Art.
2: It brings back this impending sense of doom that I used to have when I was using uh, Rose Art crayon that it was going to break at any second, like at any second. No matter when I pulled this bu- crayon out of the box, it's just gonna it's just gonna break right in half where I put pressure on it. I hated this crayon
0: <laughs> so bad. Rose art was not they they were not fun to draw and it would not give three, you a was panic Not a three P experience, absolutely not. But it was good for diversifying your uh, elementary portfolio, as you said, Jeff. You want to go for the candy <laughs> bar and the writing utensils. But yeah, I had no idea that Rose Art designed games before this. Has, have they done anything else? Uh, they've done a few. We, we, I mean, they've got, they've got, actually got quite the list. They got
2: quite a few uh, licenses. Um, they got a, a few Lego licenses. They got The Amazing Race, not the one that we have already reviewed, but they had an actual board game of The Amazing Race. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, one of their more popular ones was The Bionicle. Board game
0: which reused a lot of the pieces that we're going to be talking about today so they, they, had, a, they had a few yeah okay well that, that that's good for them the the people who got to work with Rose Art when designing the game terry miller associates they've uh they've gotten a couple of games on their belt uh, i have their website pulled up here it says terry miller associates is a multidisciplinary united kingdom usa design partnership now based near ronda in spain They do graphic design, illustration, animation, copywriting, game invention, character development, and they also have experience in the toy industry. Now, I was going through most of their stuff. They have done a couple of board games. There's nothing too crazy. I think they were in charge of like a Batman board game that they developed, but most of the stuff that they do now is kind of for apps they they create online app games and you know stuff that's available in the iTunes store <laughs> for
1: kids i feel like you know it's just strange to me that they did something that wasn't like a kid game you know like lord of the rings obviously mm-hmm. is for a more mature audience i can really appreciate the story and i rosar was just a really strange publisher to pick it up it's just i don't know i would
2: hate to see this translated into the child game? world no just like oh. like the experience that i just went through i would hate to see that oh god yeah on a phone
1: like as, it, it was an app yeah dude app. that'd
0: be great man <laughs> What are you talking about? You it, don't want to You don't want to have to stop every 5 seconds on a on a ring mandatory Re- draw mandatory it then-
1: reading text mandatory hitting close, dialogue box it, yeah, would, yeah. it would Suck. be better. It would not be good. I don't know if it I don't know if it'd be better.
0: You know, it's kind of a I, I have a little bit of respect for Terry Miller associates and that, you know, they kind of shifted what they they didn't stay doing board games, you know. They kind of adapted as the as the times changed, and now they got like some apps for Rock, Paper, Scissors, Attack. The There's actually a game that I saw this and I kind of smiled a little bit just because I thought it was pretty interesting. They have an app on the App Store called You'll Never Guess where they Have like quotations from, or they mimic the writing style of celebrities, and you have a texting conversation. With those celebrities, and you try and guess who you're talking to. So, <laughs> okay. which is
1: kind of interesting, right? I just, but I, I don't get what Rose Art's doing. Like, what, like, we all that's, we all thought they Terry. were an art company or like, you know, they had art supplies, and then why are they doing these weird ventures into board games? And see, because Terry Miller Associates is its own thing, right? They're the of the designed sure. the Lord, of, yeah. the games, the Lord they- of
0: the Rings game, and Rose Art published. So, I, I I don't know how I don't know maybe Rosart has a stake in Terry Miller Associates I think they're independently owned but uh, so this game came out in 2004 and as we all know that was well I think one year after when Return of the King hit theaters and it won all those Oscars <coughs> like we were saying earlier mm-hmm. yeah I remember uh, all the Lord of the Rings movies came out in like
2: December so very very much at the end of the year I remember because my uh, my birthday gift was to always go to the midnight premiere. Uh, oh so yeah birthday and Christmas gift yeah they they joined them play our our game all rise to find out more about that but uh, they come out at the end of December, and then I guess they released this board game at the beginning of uh, 2004 to, to coincide with the
0: peak of the popularity of the Lord of the Rings masses. So, Jeff, what is this game going up against as far as its competition in 2004? What does the market look like for good board games?
1: A couple of the other really good board games that came out were Power Grid, Memoir 44, Ticket to Ride. Um, there was even another Lord of the Rings game called War of the Rings. I don't think they were associated with the movie, but they just pulled it from... From the books, Um, Mm -hmm. but but obviously that was an opportune time (laughs) to release, and that did really well on Board Game Geek. Actually, I think it was like an eight point. uh, The second edition was like eight point four. Jeez. So they had yeah they had a ton of competition to go up against, and yeah, it's not a surprise that didn't didn't do so well on on Board Game. War of the Rings is like
2: I think in the top fifteen games of all time in in Board Game Geek. So it it is a highly respected
0: game. That is stunning to me because like you hear War of the Rings. And you think of, like, those really crappy, like, Asylum F DVD box covers that you see in, like, the video rental stores, so it's, like, Transmorphers instead of Transformers. And
2: I think this, just to be clear, I think this is the second edition of that game. I I think the original had come out earlier, but there's already a blueprint of this, of a good Lord of the Rings game. To go off of that is that you know that's very highly respected, right? So there's a there's a, if if people want to dig into a good strategic board game um, that's based in the in the Lord of the
0: Rings universe, you got a mm-hmm. great one. But they did not come to this podcast to hear about great board games, Garrett. No, they, they didn't. came to this podcast to hear about some hot trash. So, why don't you tell us when we open up this board game, what exactly are we looking at here? Alright, so this is some behind the scenes stuff and I actually haven't shared this guy with you guys yet. Um. So, I open
2: up this board game and there is no less than uh, 40 pieces, not 40, 20 pieces of those sheets that you have to pop out a bunch of pieces. So, this new? Was it brand new? This this game had not been used before. Got yet. it. I, I bought it used but it, no, one, no one had ever played it. Mm-hmm. So, um, in this game, there's 55 uh army tokens that I had to punch out. And mind you, this is Rose Art, so of course instead of using cardboard they
0: use paper. And so I'm you know they have <laughs> <laughs> Always
1: Always cutting the corners there, saving every penny and every dime of the can, rose Wait, Art.
0: wait, wait, wait. What do you mean paper? Like paper thin? Like
2: the No, no. It, and like you know, normally when you get a board game, you have to punch out pieces. You have this cardboard sheet. And you you, right. you punch out the pieces. They come out super easy. This is like glossy paper. Punch yeah, think of your your standard set of instructions. Like you have that. It's it's not it's not like printer paper, but it's like this glossy you know paper. Put an extra layer of
0: laminate on it and yeah. called it a day. Yeah, man. So so they <laughs> oh pu- they
2: give you they give you two or three perforations. So I have I have fifty five of these battle army tokens that I've punched out. Half of them are all ripped because there's only these three perforations. I have this. <laughs> there's a whole, a fourth of the instructions are dedicated to constructing Mount doom and the tower of barad <laughs> because it's this, it's this super fiddly. It's this cone that you have to construct and then place the eye of Sauron on top, but you have to fold it in 20 spots. I kid you not. You have to fold it in 20 oh, spots God. and then form it into a cone in your head hand. I'm reading the instructions right now. Like it, that is literally what you have to do. Um, and then you have to insert these little, um, slits into, into little holes to hold it all together. I had to use a little tape, um, instead of the ISR on, I put the uh, rough draft games logo on there, but I kid you not, this game took me at least two hours to completely set up, um, from pulling it out
0: of the box. It's like longer than the
1: gameplay. That's nuts. (laughs) Here's, here's a little fun fact
0: for you, Garrett. I went ahead and looked up how many folds it takes to make an origami swan. Mm -hmm. Uh, 12. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, Garrett. You're a regular paper-folding champion.
2: That's right. Uh, There were 74 ring cards, according to the instructions. There's actually only 72, and I uh, double-checked BoardGameGeek to confirm this, but so many people were confused because the instructions say that there's 74 cards, um, and it tells you (laughs) to place 74 cards on the board. But everyone's like, I only have 72, and they're numbered, so it's really easy. You
0: just do a little subtraction. Uh, That's like the high school prank where you, like, oh, dude, (laughs) let it loose a couple pigs in the hallway and name label them one, two, and four. (laughs) Got them, they're just pranking you, Garrett. They're just having a good time. They got
2: got me good. Uh, we have this awesome score track that's a that they did actually use cardboard for this. Uh, you have a, a cardboard score track, um, and the score track goes from S, like, S is the first space, and then. 67. I believe it's the starting space. And then it goes all the way up to 89. (laughs) And then you have this plastic ring that you, uh, keep track of your score on. So it's the most fiddly scoring mechanic I've ever seen in my entire life. And then I have to punch out all the character cards, put them in these plastic pieces. Um, I'm making this section of the podcast take as long as it actually took me to set up, but I just want you to know the pain that (laughs) I went through. And that is by and large, the biggest factor I'm going to be, uh, remembering when I, Re- recall this game and
0: tell Jesus. my children about it. So you got PTSD from this one? It's a right?
1: horror story they were are gonna tell your children. <laughs> yeah, when they're misbehaving, you tell them about how you punch. You know, you you make them disassemble and reassemble.
2: When they're playing their Fortnite, I'm gonna be like, back in my day, I had to punch out 55 army tokens if I wanted to get into a battle. Uphill yeah. both ways. <laughs> On top of all that, there is also instructions for a bonus game, uh, which we did not play. Thank God. <laughs> this is, this is actually a two-in-one game, so you can you can throw that. What's your what's
0: the worst game you guys have had to set up like as far as just the amount of setup that goes into a game before you get to play it because how how would you say this this one clocked in gear 50 minutes would you say how how, how long would this no, one? no say, this no no this took be? me two hours plus to, to Jeez. Complete the, the worst one that i've ever had to do was did you guys ever play thirteen thirteen dead and drive no i haven't okay that was a game for kids and the entire board was it was supposed to be filled with like booby traps that you would try and move other players characters to Mm -hmm. go and trigger. And it was like mousetrap, except you had a bunch of (laughs) little tiny traps that you had to set up. And like, it was very fickle. It was a huge 3d board game with all these different, uh, all these different triggers that, and rubber bands, like any game that has you using rubber bands (laughs) as part of the setup, I think you're already asking for trouble and you're making things take way longer than you need to what about you jeff what's what's the worst setup you've had
1: i don't know I, I think i try to tend so the first setup first setup of photosynthesis was kind of like garrett's experience you punch out like a ton of pieces of cardboard they're all little you know paper cardboard trees that you have to fit together mm-hmm. and if they don't fit together right you have one side of the cardboard that peels up and then uh or if you cut punch them out wrong that might happen when you put them together they kind of get all messed up and then you don't want to take them apart again because there's like 40 of them uh, so you just kind of leave them in the box, and uh, it's, it was, that was painful. Because you rip one, and you're like, damn it, this is a brand new game, <laughs> and I paid money for it, and now it's I'm always going to know. It, the worst part is if um, you do that, and it's like a card or something, and now you know that, hey, the card with the little fold on it is this card, so it kind of gives it away every time mm-hmm. you play the game. But luckily, it didn't happen in that game.
0: And Garrett, for you, this one takes the cake, I Oh, wish.
2: absolutely, because not only did I set up this game for two hours, but also... I had to play this game for an hour and a half, and it was just awful. It was just as bad. (laughs)
0: Poor, poor Garrett. I didn't even get a good game experience out of this setup. Is it because I won? I think it's because Jeff won. Sounds like you're a little bit bitter, but let's talk about rule clarity then. So if if it took too long to set up, how long did it take you to understand the game, Garrett? The rules were
2: overcomplicated for what they were because the game is roll and move.
0: Mm -hmm. and stop on the ring spaces Um, that's all we understand that's all we can do we can handle with our little (laughs) tiny brains that's right
2: you know especially when you're you're modeling your work after J.R.R. tolkien (laughs) <laughs> you want to you definitely want to have a mechanic as simple. You
1: need to draw it out as long as possible.
2: Exactly. Over a quarter of the rules are how to actually put together everything. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean like it's it's a it's a fairly simple game. They don't there is I did have a few questions like going back and like trying to figure out how to battle these things or what to do. The game suddenly ended while we were playing and we had no idea if like the game was supposed to end there. Because the yeah, the end game. Super abrupt. Yeah, the end game condition and the rules is like when all the players reach their end space, and you, you don't know where the end space is to, to begin with. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, there's certainly a lot of confusion, but the overall basic mechanics of the game are fairly simple. And I, I thought the confusion was completely unnecessary for the most part.
1: Do you feel like a Lord of the Rings um, board game has to be long just to do. <laughs> the movie and the book Justice. Like, if it was a short game, would you feel like this just is, isn't right? Like, that's actually a
2: really good point. I, I think it added to the thematic flavor of the game. So,
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it's a long and arduous journey, and that's exactly what we did. And there was, yeah. you know, yeah, you've, pain you've changed and, my mind.
0: You got to hold your pee, you know, you're sitting there looking at your watch, going, oh my God, is, I, when, when are they going to get to a dialogue portion so I can just go to the bathroom? There's even check.
1: like cards where you find food, which I thought was really funny because Columbus <laughs> spread. <laughs> You're, you got to eat at some point. This game's too long. So, <laughs> Characters so to Jeff,
0: you, you got to see the finished product. You didn't have to be there for the whole setup. But what did you think of the look of the game and the artwork, the story, the theming? You know, you, you were there with me. And, I, 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 and much to Garrett's chagrin, we were kind of complimenting the way that some of the things in this game
1: look. Yeah, you know, I thought so. Um, the character cards and the images were all just stills from the movie. So that was that looked all fine. I mean, it's an easy to grab a still, put those on the cards Um the board was, what would you say? The board art itself um, for the paths and stuff that they were kind of, they were kind of meh. I think they weren't that great. Um, but I will say that some of the components, while they weren't of high quality, uh, they were aesthetically pleasing. Mount Doom looked awesome. Um, congrats to Garrett for putting that together. <laughs> I know it took forever, but it was really cool to see that thing come up. Um, there was an Eye of sitting right in the middle of the board, um, mm-hmm. and it was staring and making certain uh, characters paralyzed, and I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and then I I, I thought that stuff was fine. Um, I think the artwork itself was, was pretty decent, pretty good
0: with Mount Doom. The thing that I really liked about it is the path actually sloped up the mountain. So Mm -hmm. Garrett had made this little folded cardboard mountain that was three dimensional sticking up on a different level than the rest of the. Rushed the playing field, and the there was a, enough of a path that was going around it that it would slowly spiral <clears throat> upwards mm-hmm. into the air, which which looked pretty cool, and
1: I I thought that was nice. It, it was, was a subtle. nice reveal. It was subtle, but it was good. Yeah, and I right. like the mountain, the volcano itself, you know, had the little divot for the for the lava. And then my favorite part about it is that the last um the last space is basically like a diving board into <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> I thought right. that was pretty funny. I thought that was awesome. And I
0: think it worked really well thematically because like that is one of the last pieces that you put down is Mount Doom. So you bring out the kind of the the mm-hmm. PS de resistance to uh, to the to the game, which is it works as a really nice crescendo. Another thing that I want to give a shout out to I think the scoring me- scoring mechanisms, even though you said that they're awful, Garrett, I, they're they're fiddly. I think they look great. Yeah, they're fiddly. Yeah, but to keep track with a ring and you're moving the ring around, I didn't really know what the S meant. I don't know what it stood <laughs> it's for. Like Sauron space. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I it's don't like <laughs> Sauron space. If you land on the S, you have to switch directions and your points actually count against you. I think, right? Or you to, if you land like on
2: S, you had to roll a die and uh, move back that many spaces. But, but what I don't, what I, what I really don't get is why we started on point number sixty-seven. Like, why did you start? At sixty-seven.
1: Yeah, I don't get it either because you know the scores went up to what I ended up with like hundred eighty something or something or eighty something. Well,
2: that was with the bonus tokens. At oh the end right, of the game, yeah, right. So you, just, you can only go to eighty-nine. It and like I was just a, so confused. The scoring confused. track is from sixty-seven to eighty-nine. Yeah, I don't know why they just started there. In the <laughs> you know, middle. actually, actually, I, I, I just thought of this. I have a theory. I, I think like our uh, Twilight Saga. Is there game, another game? Yeah, you could probably play this with the two towers Oh and, yeah, yeah, maybe the fellowship. So you may around. be able to you may be able to jump tracks. So I don't know oh that Oh my lot.
1: god, can you imagine? You have to put together all three games and play mm-hmm. them back to back? That's torture.
2: We will We will have to confirm on a future podcast, but we will see if we can get the Two Towers and the Fellowship of the Ring. I'm suspicious
0: because the... the, Okay, so to let the audience know, this is a tile placement game. So you don't actually get to see the entire board board game as it's being played. Hence why we said that you revealed Mount Doom Mm -hmm. as the game got to its end. Because you start off... We started the game off with just Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are on one... Kind of small, maybe five inch by five inch tile uh, that has a few spaces for you to move. And when you get to the edge of a tile, you flip down a new one. And so there's these little puzzle connectors, kind of like you would see on a jigsaw puzzle, that allow you to attach the uh, attach the you know the new tiles as you lay them down. Don't the edges all have those puzzle connections? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can connect the pieces
2: to any piece. And, and actually, that's because of the
0: bonus game where you can yeah. if you flip the pieces over, you can create a different map. That's what made me think that. You can connect this with the Lord of the Rings Two Towers game. Because if you could, pro- I bet, I'm willing to bet that those pieces actually oh, connect yeah. up to the Return of the King game. Yeah, the edges do game have, pieces. Yeah,
1: the edges aren't just flat. You're right.
2: I believe you. And if I weren't too lazy, I'd look it up, but the, uh, the instructions were already too much for me so i uh, I don't think I it's a laziness thing i think
1: it's pain i, I think I, you just I don't want to buy another one a second or first you know the, the fellowship of the ring or the two towers and put it together for another two hours and play it for another one and a half hours that's a whole days of work it's literally I think nine is, to I, five
2: i think the that trilogy of board games would actually be a really
0: good twitch plays oh god that'd yeah. be way
1: too long
0: it, know, it's such be stop and go yeah and I, I think you should tell them why it's why exactly it is stop and go because now now that we've given them what this board game looks like and you know mm-hmm. you got Mount Doom and you got all this stuff how is the game played because you're rolling and moving but like the characters that you use or that you choose to use because this mm-hmm. is a competitive game we mentioned that Jeff won this mm-hmm. tipping our hand there and it didn't I originally didn't think it was going to be a competitive game right because so, you have three characters right so mm-hmm. so walk us through how how exactly. So say, it's, say
2: it's my turn, I take a die, I roll it, I get a four or whatever. I can move any character on the board. So if you've been moving Aragorn, if Thomas has been moving Aragorn this whole time and Aragorn's really close to a ring space to pick up a card, I can say, you know what? I'll move him. I'll take, I'll take Aragorn that card. here. Yeah, right. Exactly. So all
0: the progress I just made goes to you. So <laughs> it was very frustrating for me playing the game because there was a nice little middle portion where I just kept getting ones and twos, which was only enough to make progress never enough to deliver or when you <laughs> right. would get
1: the ring it'd be a negative point it'd be like a bad thing which is <laughs> yeah, also funny that was awesome yeah.
0: right uh
2: w- one of my favorite parts of the instructions is at the end it, it gives you a, a special tip like a little strategy a little piece mm-hmm. of strategy LA for tip. free you know yeah yeah it says uh players are encouraged to use strategy and discuss moves with other players the game may be played in teams What's to
0: discuss though? Because every we quickly developed a strategy that everyone started doing is when mm-hmm. you get a low roll for your Terran, you just dump it on the character that's furthest behind. Because right. everyone has to walk if usually your characters are in groups of threes, right? Mm-hmm. So you start the game with Frodo, Sam, and uh Gollum slash Smeagol, and as you flip over new tiles, you discover starting areas for I think it was Legolas, Gimli, and Aragon. And then mm-hmm. another starting place for uh, what was Theod- another batch.
2: We had Theoden and Aowen and Pippin, and then we mm-hmm. had Merry and Gandalf. I'm sorry, switch Merry and Gandalf in those two groups. And then we had Faramir show up at one point,
1: and he right. died. <laughs> he died like immediately. immediately. <laughs> he came back to life. He's not dead. And then his game was over. He's <laughs> the only person. He's the
0: only person on that track too. So, Mm -hmm. these, you have three characters that are essentially traveling on one track. And if you, what we wound up doing is we just wound up blasting one character forward as quickly as possible to pick up all the stuff. And then we had to move the. Characters that are straggling behind, because you can choose whichever piece you want to move. Right. We had to move them along the same path, and they're just picking up nothing, right? Yeah. So our strategy was: whenever you got a low roll, just put it under the person who's lagging behind, because you don't want to give the extra progress to the mm-hmm. or the person who's going to go next. Right. So it, it it was it it wound up making the game drag out because of incentivizes holding off progress until you're the one that can <laughs> that yeah. can benefit from picking up the ring cards.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely true. And there's also one mechanic that the the rules list that you can pass off items, which came into play once in the game, Jesus. where you absolutely had to collaborate with everybody playing
1: because mm, uh, we got the worst. The,
2: we got the sword of Anduril, and Aragorn has to wield it, but anybody can pick it up. But and we couldn't, advance. To, mm, we couldn't exactly. advance. We couldn't advance. Exactly. We we couldn't advance the story at all. So yeah, as you're going through, I mean, just to switch gears real quick, as you're going through, you're picking up these cards and and you're basically just reading the story as it happens. So this game is essentially i mean the strategy of deciding who who goes where was you know what we implemented but basically you're just simulating the movie you're just reading these cards and simulating what happens in the movie um mm-hmm. and arbitrarily assigning good and evil points to to characters that
0: pick up the cards Right. So if if Aragorn picks up the sword, then you get good points, but if you're if you were to hit that spot with Limli, Gimli or Legolas, you get sent back. You <laughs> Exactly. Like it's 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 an entire clusterfuck because one of the worst things about that mechanic where you have to pick up a certain so the ring cards, you get points for the ring cards and sometimes they have items on them. We needed that sword in order to progress Gimli's Aragorn's and Legolas's path, but we couldn't get it because no one was able to roll a two because both those characters have to be on the same spot mm-hmm. in order to trade off the item. Mm-hmm. And we wound up getting to Mount Doom with Frodo and Sam while <laughs> the battle of battle of Pelennor fields was still, hang- you know, going on. So. Yeah, <laughs> it was So great- you're totally, cause you can just, you can decide to move any number of characters, any character, any number of times. Mm-hmm. So, it you're nothing is happening in order so for a game that depends so much on the it's just the story of the movie being told you can actually tell the movie out of order which doesn't make sense because of people trying to run away from the bad mechanics of the game yeah and i'll try to say they. i i'm
2: pretty sure they tried to limit this by turning the eye of sauron so like basically when it's facing east nobody on the eastern half of the board can mm-hmm. move right yeah yeah. However, either either we completely miss something, or or there's there's a flaw in there because like like you said, we could just keep progressing. Uh, Frodo and Sam and, and Gollum. At, at one point, the Eye of Sauron was facing north, and like nobody was up there. Like you know, so he could just move everybody. Yeah. And that's right. how that's how we got so far to close to Mount Doom. Um, so yeah, like it, the game tried to inhibit that but it 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 really did a bad job of it i'm still laughing at how we
0: had one character for less than a turn who <laughs> moves forward once and then <laughs> dies
1: <laughs> and that was a pre-established death yeah it's a priest and now it makes me wonder we're we're wondering about all the characters end spaces to end the game maybe they all get mm-hmm. a card like that maybe they all get a uh this is the end of the journey for gimli legolas and
2: you know, well when you destroy the ring it says move all characters to their end spaces? Toward, to their end space and they can no longer move but it doesn't say that the game is over. Mm-hmm. But but that is the end game condition. So oh, GG. Know. So I, I don't actually know if the game is over. you know, Frodo and Sam are still made. waiting on the Eagles yeah. over on Mount Doom right now. But uh, we're done. Jeff won.
0: And it took us an hour and a half to simulate the Return of the King movie.
1: We might as well watch the movie.
0: So if we were going to try and improve on this game, what were some things that could probably be tweaked that could... Uh, that could enhance the experience because i i don't know unless unless you think the whole game just needs to be thrown in the trash
2: ah i don't know man i i think there definitely could have been some clarification on the rules as far as like the the battling the orcs goes which we we didn't talk about a whole lot but basically you just oh my god
0: we didn't even mention the orcs yeah
2: you basically just they they can move arbitrarily throughout the throughout the game and it's it's mostly while uh, Frodo and Sam are going through the the swamps, like yeah. approaching Shelob's lair. They're these just, are NPC characters right. for yeah. for they're, our audience. They're right? just they're... releasing, yeah. They're just releasing more and more orcs uh, uh, into 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 Pelennor Field and and into the Black Gate. <laughs> and so you can move your characters out into this huge open field and basically just we were calling them goomba stomps on these orcs and then roll a roll a die. Mm-hmm. But again, you can pick which character goes into battle. So. You know, Gandalf was super OP, like you had to roll a 15 and he started off with like 13, 12 or 13 or something like that. So um, everybody's just moving Gandalf, collecting all these orcs, getting bonus points for the end of the game.
1: Yeah, if we needed to change the game, Gandalf was OP. I, every time I had a chance to move Gandalf onto a ring or to fight mm-hmm. one of the one of the orcs, I, I was going to do it. It was three points because it's just so easy for him to for him to get it. Um, Yeah,
0: and as the orcs slowly trickled out into Pelennor Fields from the Black Gates, like, if you wanted to, you could like, your friends could be like, come on, dude, we gotta get to Mount Doom and you're like, nope, I'm just gonna get all these (laughs) extra points. points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because those orcs, every orc that you killed would give you three extra bonus points, and the way the winner is determined (laughs) is by who has the most points at the end of the game. So if you wanted to, you could go totally selfish mode, just stomp as many orcs as you can while your friends are trying to actually progress the game. It's like when you're playing COD and you're just going for the most kills when you guys are playing like territories or whatever yeah just you're just holding (laughs) up the game to to me to make this thing really work you have to get rid of the competitive aspect of it i agree because i think that's what lord of the rings is is it's a fellowship of the ring right and you're supposed to be working together Mm -hmm. for a single goal
1: and i was just really confused because no i don't think there's any other competitive game where you can move other people's paces that i that i know Mm -hmm. of and then that you had times where you had to move the story together progress the story together it was just strange like they tried to make it work i don't think it i don't think it worked out the way it would have or should have and i think it would have been a lot better as a co-op game than trying to make it a competitive game with this kind of arbitrary score mechanic
2: so i think it should have been a one versus all game so i think one person takes control of of sauron and maybe the the orcs Mm -hmm. and uh you get to move them throughout the board and decide where the eye of sauron is pointing with and you know incentives to point it one way or the other yeah, and then have everybody
0: else take control of the fellowship. I think that would have been the best way to implement that. Yeah. I guess guess some good comparisons would be like a one versus all mechanic is also used in the Attack on Titan uh, deck builder game which might be really good here if you're using Sauron versus the fellowship. You have the fellowship working together. But I think that working together aspect is so important. I think another type of game that might work really well for this is sort of the Legendary Encounters game. You know how they did it with the aliens coming down the pipes, coming to the main Mm -hmm. battle? room where you would confront them. If yeah. you did that with orcs and you were doing this with a two towers game, that mm-hmm. could be a really good mechanic yeah. to implement yeah, within be the Lord of the Games franchise. I think this game that they would could potentially work. I just think that you need to have the underlying uh, message of communication and well, yeah, as I said it before, but fellowship in order to lend itself to the atmosphere of the game and to just, it would get rid of this trading and mechanic where you have to be on the same space it would get rid of the whole problem of like characters being left in the dust while other characters are just pushed yeah frodo sitting at the top of mount doom and you have poor samwise back at the shire because no one wanted to move him. <laughs> yeah so
2: it, it, help me and i'll actually go f- so far as to say is i'm actually okay with the role of move mechanic here because you're given so many options mm-hmm. to to move you know pick which character you want to move so if you implement the game to where it's not just a simulation of the movie -hmm. And randomly throwing in a a scoring mechanic and making it competitive, then there are some strategic options. So I'm okay with the roll and move aspect here. So I I don't, I don't necessarily think that needs to be taken out. Yeah, you can choose
1: who you you can choose who to move. You can choose who to leave in the dust, knowing who you know what the turn order is. I think there's a little bit more strategy. Um, The only part is that you're given instead of you know the only. Instead of a constant being your character in his path, the constant mm-hmm. is you have to, you're given a number. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I would also like to see them solve problems on the cards because sometimes it'd be like, oh, uh, on this ring card that you drew, Frodo has to kill the spider, whatever. What's the spider's name? Sheila. Has to kill. And it, all it is is rolling dice. You got to move, you got to, you have to roll above a collective 13 in order to kill it, right? So every <laughs> problem was solved by rolling dice and using the abilities of the characters in addition to your dice roll but I, I would love to see a more implementation and more theming in regards to how you're dealing with those situations outside of just rolling a dice when you draw a card i don't know how would you guys fix that mechanic so that everything isn't solved by dice roll well you can you can collect things throughout the journey which it did have a little bit of that but
2: like mm-hmm. making that basically you know all that you need like having if frodo got the the light from galadriel then he can use that but if he hadn't gotten it he's you know he's kind of
0: screwed
1: yeah i think another way is um you get like different choices and then your dice roll can like let's say you have a base power of like six or whatever and then if you roll a 10 you can do this action if you roll any higher or whatever you can do another action so i think there are you know different tiers of rolling maybe and then you can choose what you're rolling for so you can choose mm-hmm. a track of i want to roll for this or roll for that and i can't do both it is, it's not decided for me or whatever.
0: So with all the improvements we're thinking that the game could use in order to make itself better, I think we should talk about if the state of the game is actually reflected in its price. So how much How much did you pay for this game, Garrett? <clears throat> uh,
2: I believe this is the second game that I got from Half Price Books that I did not pay $3 for. Um, I got it for $8 at Half Price Books, completely unused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had been opened, apparently, but it was... Uh, I punched out all the pieces, as I said, much to my chagrin. They took a look inside the box and
0: just, nope, nope, put it right back on top, sealed (laughs) it up, set it off to half-price books, and got a nice uh, Calvin and Hobbes comic, probably. But... How much is this thing going for online, Garrett? If our if our listeners want to pick this up for themselves, are they going to have to pay eight dollars more or less or what?
2: What's great is I've seen this all over the place. I've seen it for
0: five dollars on
2: the Board Game Geek market, and I think we found it for like sixty four dollars on Amazon. Sixty four dollars.
1: <laughs> sixty four dollars for what? Here's the thing
2: you look at the board game, you look at the cover, you look at the pieces, as you guys saw, and you're like, oh my god, this is this a is a complete edition. game. Wow. This is yeah, like this is a collector's edition of a of a really, you know, like a very popular Good series.
1: God, give me a break. $64? <laughs> Are you kidding me?
2: And uh I think we even found it on eBay for like, you know, in the $20 to $30 range, but yeah, that $64 price mark
0: is I think there's incredible. a market for it if if you're going after people who just want like they're the insane collectors, right? It's like that lady who bought the head of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles costume and like she's got it sitting in her cupboard so that she can just look at it. Right. So maybe you would be able to sell it to someone
1: who's a huge Lord of the Lord of the Rings fan. I'm fine with that. But it's not like you can't find it. Right. You know, if it was like if it was like, a you know, there's only one more of these in circulation that's never been open or whatever. But sixty four dollars. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm going to give a PSA to our rollers and movers and we'll call you guys Rams. Our Rams, do not buy this game for $64, please.
0: We will sell it to you for $60. we
1: will sell it to you for 60, we'll yeah. you for 60 and then <laughs> we'll give you a great Ram deal.
0: Maybe free shipping, half off shipping. So technically $67, but hey.
1: You're getting a good deal. <laughs> You're if you don't have deal. Amazon that's, Prime, that's... this is a good deal. <laughs> Jesus. 64 funny,
0: funny note, real quick. I.
2: So on eBay, they have like some people offer up just the pieces of the board game. Somebody, (laughs) oh my god, they're
1: stripping it down to sell it for parts. Are you kidding me? What?
2: This, is, what? What? this is this is this is actually a fairly common practice on eBay for like more popular games, but yeah. for this game is hilarious. So the the ten character little pawns that you could that I are paper and plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's selling that for fifteen dollars, free shipping on eBay right now. So oh, you get my 10 goodness. Are
1: you kidding me? He probably just <laughs> because it's Rose Art and it's such cheap quality anyways. He's probably just scanning them and cutting them out, and nobody knows the difference because the cheap the quality is so <laughs> shitty. Are you what and.
2: Man, as I'm looking through this, I'm I'm getting these great things. So there's also a $35 edition, uh, and it's great because he says he's missing the two cards because there's only 72 cards. Oh uh, yeah, to 74 that so, it appears yeah. on the instructions. So. Try,
0: please believe me. There's only 72 cards. I'm not shortchanging you. Oh my no, god.
2: No, in his in his title it says he's missing two cards. Oh, so, he, so he's oh he's poor guy. Uh, he thinks he he could probably sell this for 40, but since he's missing yeah, those he two doesn't cards, know. he's selling. He it doesn't for know the truth. There
0: are no two. That's cards.
1: a false way to you know limit the resell of of your game. It's mm-hmm. just to pretend like you're missing something. Make it to where everyone thinks they're missing something. It's like when
2: uh, video games release like the the cracked versions. And yeah, there's flaws on it. Yeah, that's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we? What what does the board game community give this uh, on Board Game Geek? What's our score here? So Board Game Geek gets got 120 ratings,
2: uh, which makes a lot of sense to me. the, the fantasy. Fans And the board game fans often off align and come together on Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, those 120 ratings come together to give us a nice 3.8 on Board Game Geek, which brings it to 15,907 rank overall in Oof. their database.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty rough. Poor Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> his his mug is plastered all over that box, and he's just it's right. doing him no justice.
2: Poor guy. He's all dead right. center. Yeah, that's that's true. He's got the they got the Star Wars type. Uh, what what do you call that? That st- Star Wars style poster.
1: Oh yeah.
0: But, okay, so a 3.8, and there are some absolutely brutal reviews ripping this game up and down. Some people calling it the worst game they've ever played. I think they're going a little too harsh on this game, <laughs> so I'm going to tip my hand. I didn't had, even win this game, okay? So you can't accuse put it me being biased. They had to put it together. You didn't. Hey, that is <laughs> your problem. I outsource the labor to you. That is perfectly normal and a natural thing to do. In today's capitalist society, man. So, I am going to give this game a 4.4. A 4.4. And... Yeah, I will say that you can win me over with stupid gimmicks. So those, <laughs> so Mount Doom and the Eye of uh, Sauron and and the scoring mechanic thing where you move the ring along it, and even the Smeagol card having a front side of Smeagol and then you flip it over. It's the only card that has two sides, and then the back side is Gollum based upon where it is. Like I, I thought that there was a couple of things that really lended itself to the theming of the story of the Lord of the Rings. And I, I I gotta give credit where it's due. So it's not a it's not a good game. It's not a great game. It's not even it's not even a decent game. You
1: but again, It
0: didn't ruin my day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So I gave Buck Quest a four and a half. And here's the thing about the Lord of the Rings when it first started, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. There's some thing you know, Smeagol and Gollum have you know dual sided character cards. Um. I get to kind of choose. I get to choose a bunch of different people I can move around. But then what weighed on me was the length of the game and the fact that we just got stuck trying to freaking get that one item over to Aragorn. <laughs> and so they kind of balanced out. So I I will give it similar to BuckQuest. Uh maybe I'll I'm trying to one I'm wondering if I should give it more or less. I'll give it right at the same. I'm gonna say a four point five. This
2: is as good of a game as BuckQuest. More importantly, Buck, That's insane, BuckQuest insane. The good fact of a that game. you're
1: not,
0: like Buck Quest had none of the great theming. Okay, multiple uh, hey, times my while defense, playing this game. Scored, I heard you, you scored Buck oh, cool. lower
1: than Lord of the Rings.
0: Yes, I did. I don't know. I think it's about the of same. Of course, I did. It was awful. I think it's about the same. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna score it lower than Lord of the Rings because that was just—it looked like hand-drawn crap—and this one at least had some nice origami. And I think they were doing you. They—they they were just trying to help you build a new hobby.
1: No, it's I will amend my score. First time on this show. No. no amendments. No amendments? All right. I no want to amend amendments. my score. You can't, score and half. you can't revise your score. You just need to sit there and be ashamed nope. of it. Garrett.
0: <laughs> what do you? I get the, the same say? score that you gave it. You need to think about your crimes to humanity. All right. Okay. I'm,
2: I'm excited. I am going to rate this lower than Buckquest. Uh Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King, at three, simply because <laughs> I spent two hours putting this stupid game together with ripping all its stupid cheap parts that Rose Art crammed into this box. Um,
0: Garrett, look at the uh, look at Mount Tell Doom. me wrong. Look at Mount Doom as part
2: of the whole board game experience. If this had already come set up, I'll, I'll put it this way: if this game had come pre-set up, if one of you guys had done this, I would give this game significantly higher. I'd go, I'd go in the four and a half to five the five range because I had to spend my time putting this game together.
0: I'm giving it a three. That's fair. I think you are being a little harsh, Garrett. (laughs) I think that you should be grateful for the experience of putting, putting together this game for the, for the podcast. (laughs) The podcast is nice as this one. Count your blessings every night before you go to sleep. And uh, you know, be be grateful that uh, you you have a job <laughs> putting together board games. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of hungry kids starving over we in be Ethiopia happy to punch right out now.
1: Cardboard pieces <laughs> from be Rose happy Art. To punch I'd rather starve. <laughs>
2: I'd be happy to pay you what Thomas is paying me. So,
0: <laughs> zero dollars. If you, if you too, listeners at home, would like to be part of the Rough Draft Games payroll and be paid zero dollars, then we welcome you to reach out to us and talk to us about the game. If you're a big Lord of the Rings fan and you would like to uh, hear a little bit more about the game or talk to us about it, chat about it, or even maybe even get our copy of it, then you can feel free to hit us up on Twitter at rough draft games we're more than happy to talk to you guys i'm not uh is there anywhere else they could hit us up there uh garrett <laughs> uh they're gonna
2: absolutely reach us by email uh rough games at gmail.com hit us up on facebook if you'd like and if you'd like to chat
0: and if they want to see some more fun content jeff where, where where can they go maybe for a thematic post something like that huh
1: Make your a long and arduous journey and carry the ring down to Mount, I mean, uh, our website, roughdraftgames.com. Very nice, Jeff. And one last request if you guys
0: are enjoying the podcast, we would very much appreciate it if you went to iTunes and gave us five stars, a rating. It really helps people find the podcast, and it would be in our eternal gratitude to have you guys join us on this long journey uh, for what we're trying to do to the board games community, which is, of course, ruin it <laughs> so <laughs> until next time guys take care and maybe the force be with you that's from lord of the rings right that's from lord of the rings that's it yeah catch Luke okay. card said that one nice nailed it <laughs> Bye. remove faramir from the board add three evil points discard this card <laughs> I just got him killed. What do you mean? You, you killed him?
1: me, but the character died.
0: Wait, you, he's, he's only been on the board for like half of a turn.
1: Well, he's dead. Suck it. You want to play Boromir? We, we shouldn't have advanced the storyline so much. Yeah.
0: He's only gone like nine spaces.
1: died in the first one. He shouldn't even be in this one. He's dead. He's dead.